One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. We're back for another discussion on our eight BBL teams here, and it's the Hobart Hurricanes and the Melbourne Renegades. Both these guys have a, an interesting start, the Renegades being much more favorable in terms of their, their beginning here with a couple of games to kick things off in round one and then a couple again in round three when there are a couple teams that are missing out on, on games played in the Adelaide Strikers and the Brisbane Heat. So if you want to look further into the games played in each of the rounds, head back to my earlier video, not too far back, uh, going through the fixtures there and sort of the teams you want to be looking at uh, on a week-to-week and a round-to-round basis there. But we kick things off with the Hobart Hurricanes, and hey, they have a little bit more of a boring start. But they're a team that, that does play most of the rounds there, and they are going to help you when times get tough for other teams, you know, a lot of the other ones have a lot of doubles, obviously the triple with the Brisbane Heat, and they'll then miss a round. Whereas the Hobart Hurricanes, very similar to that of, you know, teams like the, the Thunder, are pretty consistent across the entirety of the rounds there. You know what you're going to get. You know that your guys are going to be there each and every week. This is actually probably the easiest team to project what kind of squad they were going to you know, run out in the first round there. And this is what we've got here. So... Yeah, Matty Wade, Caleb Jewell actually had a pretty good season last year in the games that he did, did get to play. You're really hoping for a bounce back from Ben McDermott. You've got Tim David somewhere in there in the middle order. Sam Hain was pretty solid last week, last year as well. Mac Wright, just the one game, but did really well in that. And you imagine with the squad that they've thrown out here, and you're looking at the fringes I've got there in Carlisle, Mitch Owen, Corey Anderson, and then Stan Lake being you know, the next cab off the rank in the bowling socks, as a fast bowling sock anyway. You'd imagine Mac Wright probably sneaks into that squad, but where in the batting order is going to be the the big question there. Chris Jordan in at number seven, and then you've got the mix of Dooley, Ellis, Hatsaglu, and also Riley Meredith. So they do have a super strong bowling lineup, lineup there when you are looking at Chris Jordan being sort of their fifth bowler. 
uh, and then having some of their other you know, all-rounders that could potentially bowl an over or two if needed there. So yeah, as I said, it pretty much picks itself in that one. So let's get into their that team and then obviously where they're priced at from there. So Matt Wade at 133 provides probably a tiny bit of value. I think that he has another you know good season in him. The 43 average is solid without being incredible at that. So he definitely has a little bit of room for improvement. I doubt he goes too far down under that price. So probably a guy that's pretty consistent with maybe a little bit of upside there on that one. But Ben McDermott is where the value lies in my opinion. 88,000 bucks, 49% owned. It's pretty clear that everyone else thinks the same way. A 28 average last year was pretty bad in his standards, and he does need to really improve on that if he wants to keep a spot in his side, if he wants to continue playing uh, the 50-over stuff, the, uh, you know, the the longer-form side of the game as well. I think this is a really important year for Ben, and uh, hopefully he can show that. But he obviously has no downside on that 28, given that's his worst of his career. So definitely look at him in your squad. He should likely be in my reserves there, just as we said there, considering that he'll play the majority of games in this tournament. For the batting side of things, you got Tim David at 158K. So he's one of those guys we had in that, that targeting uh, in, in an earlier video where we are talking about strike rate being the best in the game for the amount of games and the amount of runs that he scored. So he's one of those guys that can take a game away from a team. I do believe he is getting better. So this is one of those years where I think that he can be a 55 to 65 type of guy if he gets things right and you, you should expect him to bat a little bit higher as well I, I probably peg him around that four and I think he should be batting there he shouldn't be coming in with I think you know five overs to go like he has in previous years yeah, they'd wait until it gets under that five overs and then they they plug him in I think he should be at least you know getting that 10 12 13 overs kind of range there where he can really do some damage and uh, you know get a better average across the year than that 51.1 so he's at nine percent is a really interesting fella. Obviously, just the amount of rounds where they have doubles is is very limited. So that's something to, to note there as well, obviously, for Tim. Caleb Jewell said had a, a pretty good year with the 11 matches. I just think he's way too expensive for the quality of him in his play. Like when he's seven uh, average points below Tim David, I just think Tim David has more upside, basically. Matty Wade, you'd definitely be picking Matty over Caleb, in my opinion. Sam Hayne at 116. So he played the five matches last year and did pretty well at 41.6 in those five. So he definitely has some potential to come out and do all right. It just depends where he's going to bat in this order. Is he a five? Is he a sort of three or four? Like depends on uh, on, on you be able to make your decision as to whether he's worth it or not for sure. Corey Anderson, I don't think will play to start. Mac Wright has an opportunity. And if he does, in at 94K, obviously has a decent shot of, of scoring well and being able to make some cash there. But if he's batting like six, I don't think it's worth it. He's spoken about McDermott and then you've got Heaslett um, at 62.5K, which is very interesting. If he happens to get a spot and they, you know, if there's an injury or something, he, have, he gets to open or bat three, him at 62K is going to be fun as well. For the bowling side of things, they have a, a lot of good bowlers. As I said, Paddy Dooley, Ellis and Riley Meredith, all guys that have had really solid seasons. And, you know, will they improve on that? Probably not. You know, Dooley's owned by 4%, given he scored, he scored so well at 64.6, which is super high. Can he do that again? Probably. Is he likely going to be a 55 to 60 guy? More chance, you know, than going up? Yes. So, yeah, probably not worth it at the price point, especially with their, as I said, the, the quality of their schedule at the moment. Uh, Hatsuglu played nine games and got 35 average. So, he has done better in previous seasons. So, he's someone to look at. At uh, you know, potentially at some point, if he happens to get off to a good start, he'll make some cash for sure. 
Chris Jordan there at 106,000 as well is, is one of those guys that I think is just solid. I think he'll be somewhere in that 30 to 40 range anyway and, and maybe not make too much cash for you. Uh, maybe five years ago, but it's not right now. Uh, and then really, it's just from there, like, does Billy Stan, Stan like get a role if there's some injuries in this team? And if he does, I think a 62.5K can be worth it. But other than that, this team is uh, pretty well capped out. So then we're going to move on to the Renegades, but we'll firstly jump into their team to start off things. So with their squad there, the big question mark is Quinton de Kock. They actually have a T20 series South Africa do near, near the start of um of the Big Bash here. So you know, is, he, is he actually going to be playing for the Renegades at the start? Is he going to be playing those T20s? I'm not exactly sure, but we will find out uh, fairly soon, hopefully, because he's an interesting guy that, that could come out and really dominate to start this series, to start this yeah, Big Bash series, especially with, that, with them, as I was saying, playing two in that first one. Two in round three and not have any any buys in that first yeah six seven rounds I believe, uh, so these type of players like Quinton if they can come out and do really well you've got someone that's a high quality player very expensive obviously, but is going to be able to do the job pretty regularly given he was you know pretty much the was he you end up the best yeah in in the in the uh, in the World Cup there runs wise so in form dominates the T twenty strike rate's always incredible so he's one of those guys definitely to look at. In your sides, we'll get there in a sec. You got Finch, Joe Clark, Sean Marsh, super strong batting lineup. This is a one of those teams that we're definitely not worried about their batting. There's a few lower down here that we'll speak about soon that we're really worried about their batting. And we spoke about the Adelaide Strikers and, and having a little bit of a worry on their batting as well. They're very long bowling lineup. Renegades are the opposite. They have a really strong team this year. And can they finally uh, get over the line and actually be a top four team on a regular Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Regular basis, or are they still going to be that up and down type of squad? So I've got them there with those four is pretty well set, you'd imagine. And then it's what they do with guys like Fraser McGurk, who obviously is a, a very high-quality T20 50-over type of player. Madison, John Wells, the guys that have been around a long time. Do they pick one of those guys? It's kind of how I've, I'm looking at this. They need to have like a Will Sutherland, a seven, Tom Rogers, Kane Richardson, these types of guys that can do a job in that lower to middle order um, and, and score well. And then obviously their bowling side as well with those guys, with Zampa and, and Majib as well. So a very, very strong team all over the park. And I definitely think that they can do a cracking job this year and be a really strong side. So what we see with a strong side, with a really nice start to the draw, is you probably want to get a few of them in your side. And that's what I'll be looking to do personally. In my original team, I had, I've got Quinton de Kock, if he's going to be there. Fraser McGurk, if he's batting in that sort of five position, would be cool. Will Sutherland. At the moment, so there's the three players that I'm looking at, and then potentially if if Sids is there, if there happens to be an injury in the paces, I just can't see him actually getting there now that I've done further research. Sutherland, Rogers, Richardson, you'd imagine are going to be the three bowlers, and then you've got obviously Zamps and Majib to do their job as well. So 
something to to note there. Zamps may be missing. I believe the T20 series goes for a good while, so he may be missing that first round or something like that, but I don't know if we want to be picking him from round one anyway. Um, so you may see Sids in there. You may see um, someone else in that spot in the meantime. Cambridge and these types of guys. I haven't seen the um, T20 squad yet, so we'll um, we'll work that out when it comes a little bit closer. Again, we're a couple of weeks out now, so we, we should have more details in the next week. But uh, yeah, a super strong squad. And let's see what value a few of these guys have at the moment. So in the wiki-keeping stocks, you've got Quinton de Kock and then Joe Clark. So either way, depending on who's there, one of them will be keeping. Joe Clark, pretty solid last year. Not someone I think we want to be looking at at that price to kick things off. He was a lot cheaper to start. Quinton de Kock will come out and absolutely dominate, and that's what we're seeing here in the 38% ownership from him. For the batting side of things, you've got some all-rounders in there. Obviously, Will Sutherland's one of them. The 51 average there. I'm looking to have him in my squad as a guy that could bat around that seven, do well, but then he's getting better as a bowler as well and, and showed that last year playing every game and doing an awesome job. So he's someone to look out for sure. Just as a you know a points basis, not much of a, a value, but you're getting the all-rounder, bat slash bowl, um, which is great for your you know, balance of the side. But then the 51 average there is what I'm, I'm paying for in that one. Aaron Finch is someone that I think that has potentially a little bit of value. The average 40 last year, which I think he could go anywhere up to about a 50. Um, can he get lower than that? Unlikely. He's obviously not playing a lot of cricket uh, these days. So, you know, does that mean he has less of a worry coming into the side? The squad's a little bit better. He doesn't have a, you know the whole team on his back like he has had in previous, previous years there. So is he going to come out a better player? from this or is just the lack of cricket that he's playing going to cause some issues we will find out very shortly obviously marsh i think is just going to stick pretty solid with that he played the five games last year will he play a few more i'm not sure at this point obviously uh, age injuries and all that you know comes uh, into it as well john o wells had his worst season of his career so he's gotten really cheap at 75k i just think he's gonna be batting too low now that five six kind of range likely to be six, I suppose, if he was to make the squad. Madison was a little bit better last year, but he still had a, a really tough sort of, um, you know, big bash, to be fair, for a lot of years now. Do they go with the the youngster in, in Fraser McGurk? And if he, get, if he gets a spot batting like five, I think he's worth it at that price at 62 and a half. You just chuck him on the bench. As we said, the Renegades have a terrific start to this tournament, so he's playing each and every week. He'll be able to build some value for you if you do need to slot him in for a Brisbane Heat or an Adelaide Strikers player in round three, then that's uh, you know, something that you can do very, very comfortably there as well. And then for the bowlers, as I mentioned there, Will Sutherland is a great guy to look at. Tom Rogers dominated last year. I can't see him going better than the 59.6. It's already incredible. Kane Richardson, he's 46, about where he's going to be, I'd imagine, longer term. Zamps definitely has some room for improvement, but we do need to find out a little bit more about that T20 uh, the end of that T20 series, and will he take a break? These are the World Cup, Aussie T20s. Um, will he then be ready and available for the Big Bash as soon as possible? Unlikely, I would say, especially after winning, and yeah, there's a lot going on there. So, Majeev there, the 40, it's okay. Uh, is he going to get better better than that? He could potentially, uh, but they also have a lot of good bowlers, so is he the guy that, that they're fearing? You know, when you've got Zamps in there as well, I think he could be a 40 to 45 guy pretty comfortably there and is that worth having into your side look it's it could be worth it just to have a guy that's not super expensive that can do a job that's playing doubles you know round one round three plays in round two it's definitely something to look at but i think with that pricing there you, you for the most part you want to be getting some value out of it i just don't see it as much with him 
And then there could definitely be a little bit of value in SIDS, even though he had a bit of a tough one last year, the 24.4. Again, the amount of cricket that he's playing, um, is that going to keep him around this average or is he going to improve on that and have a bit of a bounce back season? That's the question mark with them. And then they've got Nathan Lyon at 62.5K, which is pretty cool for when he eventually gets an opportunity to play. He, uh, he could definitely be worth it, but we know that he hasn't gone incredibly well when playing Big Bash um, in terms of you know the points that he can provide here. It does seem to go for a few runs, given that he's uh, you know, used to bowling a, sort of a test cricket type of line of length. Uh, but yeah, that's the two teams for that one. I hope you enjoyed that video. You got plenty out of it. As I said, there you can see it up there. A couple of weeks until round one. I'm super excited for it, and I hope you are too. See you guys.